This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. The Liturgical Scripture Readings for the Fourth Sunday in Ordinary Time A reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I dedicated you, a prophet to the nations I appointed you. But do you gird your loins? Stand up and tell them all that I command you. Be not crushed on their account, as though I would leave you crushed before them. For it is I this day who have made you a fortified city a pillar of iron, a wall of brass, against the whole land, against Judah's kings and princes, against its priests and people. They will fight against you, but not prevail over you. For I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Responsorial Psalm. I will sing of your salvation. I will sing of your salvation. In you, O Lord, I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your justice, rescue me and deliver me. Incline your ear to me and save me. I will sing of your salvation. Be my rock of refuge, a stronghold to give me safety. For you are my rock and my fortress. O my God, rescue me from the hand of the wicked. I will sing of your salvation. For you are my hope, O Lord, my trust, O God, from my youth. On you I depend from birth. From my mother's womb, you are my strength. I will sing of your salvation. My mouth shall declare your justice day by day, your salvation. O God, you've taught me from my youth. Until the present, I proclaim your wondrous deeds. I will sing of your salvation. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, strive eagerly for the greatest spiritual gifts but I shall show you a still more excellent way. If I speak in human and angelic tongues, but do not have love, I am a resounding gong or a clashing cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and command all mysteries and knowledge, if I have all faith so as to move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away everything I own, And if I hand my body over so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous. It is not pompous. It is not inflated. It is not rude. It does not seek its own interests. It is not quick-tempered. It does not brood over injury. It does not rejoice over wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. 
if there are prophecies, there will be brought to nothing. If tongues, they will cease. If knowledge, it will be brought to nothing. For we know partially and prophesy partially. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass. When I was a child, I used to talk as a child, think as a child, reason as a child. When I became a man, I put aside childish things. At present, we see indistinctly and in a mirror, but then face to face. At present, I know partially. Then I shall know fully, as I am fully known. So faith, hope, love remain, these three but the greatest of these is love. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus began speaking in the synagogue, saying, Today the scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke highly of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They also asked, Isn't this the son of Joseph? He said to them, Surely you will quote me this proverb, Physician, cure yourself, and say, Do here in this native place the things that we heard were done in Capernaum. And he said, Amen, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own native place. Indeed, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the sky was closed for three and a half years, and a severe famine spread over the entire land. It was to none of these that Elijah was sent, but only to a widow in Zarephath in the land of Sidon. Again, there were many lepers in Israel during the time of Elisha the prophet. Yet not one of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. When the people in the synagogue heard this, they were filled with fury. They rose up, drove him out of the town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town had been built, to hurl him down headlong. But Jesus passed through their midst of them and went away. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, here we are for Sunday in Ordinary Time, the end of January already. And I end want to. End of January. Yes, yes. <laughs> February's around the corner. End of January. <laughs> I want to take a yeah. quick minute since February is around the corner. Uh, coming up this week on February the 2nd, we have the presentation of the Lord. And this is celebrated 40 days after the birth of Jesus. And it's also referred to as Candlemas Day. Yes, it is. I actually thought you were going to bring up Groundhog Day. Oh, you're going, going to kind of cover. No, no, going to gloss over Something Groundhog. Much more important. Pakistani Phil getting pulled out of the ground. Much more important. <laughs> we'll focus on the presentation of the Lord. All right, Fregna. and and a quick uh, shout out. February third is actually my son Shannon's birthday. So oh, happy birthday to him. <laughs> so let's jump into Jeremiah. So we're actually missing. Uh, 10 verses here in the middle, verses 6 through 16. I, I think this is important because this starts off saying, as you mentioned here, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. But then all of a sudden it says, gird your loins and stand up and tell them. So something was missing in the middle there. And this starts off basically in these these missing verses. After he says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, Jeremiah responds, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak for I am only a youth. But the Lord said, do not say I'm only a youth because wherever you go, wherever I shall send you, you shall go. Wherever I command you, you shall speak. And then the Lord put his forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. 
I've set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. And that's why we see the second half of this verse here, which basically is a very strong, I'm preparing you for something very important that I want you to do for me. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so in this reading, uh, Jeremiah shares with us the story about how he was called to serve God. God tells Jeremiah that he knew him and had a plan for his life even before he was conceived. And this is true for each and every one of us, who ever every person ever born in this world. Just as God had a plan for Jeremiah's life, he has a plan for our lives also. And part of that plan, the most important part, is that we come to know God. And we can never fully know ourselves until we first come to know God. The coming to know God part is a process. It's more than just gathering facts about him. It is about being in relationship with him and living in his grace. And we're going to hear more about that in our second reading. Yeah, but but let not, let's not be mistaken. We are and need to engage in a war. It's not necessarily a physical war, but a very spiritual battle that we have here uh, and a cultural battle, quite frankly. We are in a war today for life for family, to be against relativism, to secure and and restore some of our civic and religious freedoms. This is something that, that's the war that we're engaged in today. And I wanted to, um, I guess, give people hope in the sense of when God said, Jeremiah, I am going to prepare you for for the war that I'm going to ask you to engage in. He said, I'm going to make you a pillar of iron. I'm going to make you a wall of brass. So I'm like, okay, being an engineer, like, well, how strong is that? <laughs> so I went and looked it up. So uh, copper was was uh, developed or uh, known back about 9,000 BC. Gold and lead about 4,000 BC. Iron and brass were found about 3,000 BC and 1400 BC, uh, respectively. And they at that time were basically the hardest metals that were known to man at that time. You actually didn't get a lot of stronger ones up actually until about the 18th century AD is when you found out a lot of other ones that uh, end up being discovered. So I think that's a, a really a good word of hope because God, like he prepared Jeremiah, is going to also prepare us. Now, we may not be um, ready to know what we're going to say uh, all the time, but he will prepare us for that battle that he's going to ask us to engage in. And, of course, one of the most important battles that we have to engage in is the battle to love our God and love our neighbor. And and we see love, really, in the second reading from St. Paul to Corinthians. We see love mentioned here eight times. So we know it's important, isn't it, Carla? Oh, yes, <laughs> He's, he delivers such a powerful teaching about what true love really is. Many good and faithful Christians keep their vows, and they are dedicated to their vocations, whether it is marriage or the ordained priesthood or religious life, because they made a promise. They don't necessarily remain faithful because those relationships bring them you know, a complete sense of uh, fulfillment or even that every one of their needs is being met. Very often, they remain in those relationships because they've committed themselves to the truth about love. They recognize their first commitment, their most important relationship is with God. And never does St. Paul say, hey, if that relationship becomes difficult, then just bail. After all, there's plenty of new friends. And there's plenty of fish in the sea, right? He doesn't say anything like, he doesn't tell us that if our relationships become boring or stagnant to move on to greener pastures, 
What St. Paul tells us runs counter to what society tells us. But sadly, too many people, Christians included, tend to follow the direction of our godless culture rather than that of St. Paul. St. Paul also tells us about the theological virtues of faith, hope, and love. He tells us that the greatest of these is love, and that at the end of time, when we're in heaven, we're no longer going to have a need for faith because we're finally going to know and see for ourselves the truth about God, and we're no longer going to have the need for hope because all of our hopes will be fulfilled as we stand in the presence of God, God who is the object of all hope. And that leaves only love. In heaven, when faith and hope have already been fulfilled, we will live eternally in God, who is love, and we will fully realize what it's like to remain in love. Yeah, really, that when you talk about that spousal love and that imagery and that decision and, and really that commitment to each other, that's really that training and path to holiness, isn't it? It really is. And folks may remember two weeks ago, I talked about the problem with celebrity marriages, you know, the problems with entitlement and the problems of branding and thinking always of yourself. Here, here's the antidote. Uh, two weeks later, um, I really see the five requirements of true marital love as this. It's something that is freely chosen. It's something that is a self-gift. A true love is permanent. It's done with knowledge and it's open to life. Those are so important for a true marital love that you're talking about and how important that is for us to regain uh, the importance of that in our society today. Indeed. Well, we move to the gospel. This is a continuation from last week. In fact, there's actually an overlap. This, is, this starts today where the last one left off, where Jesus was speaking in the synagogue and he says, today the scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. And they were all like amazed and they were, they, look at these gracious words. But then they said, wait a second here. Isn't he the son of Joseph? And man, we know his family and his relatives. And wait a second, why don't you prove to me you're the Messiah with a miracle? <laughs> so things turned south pretty quickly, didn't they, Carla? <laughs> well, yes, because Jesus started challenging them. He reminded them that God sent Elijah to the home of a Gentile wid widow rather than to an Israelite. And <clears throat> that Elijah healed a Syrian, not an Israelite. Rather than hearing those words and contemplating God's great love and mercy, the Jews were offended by the message. And they missed the whole point. Jesus was trying to show them how God's love and mercy is limitless, but their hearts were so filled with self-righteousness that they couldn't see beyond themselves. And isn't this true for many today who claim to be Christian, but in reality, they worship at the altars of a false god, a god created in their own image and likeness, because that's where they're comfortable. So in their pride, they were rejecting the Messiah and therefore also rejecting God. So our question today that we want to leave you with is, do we embrace or reject the Christ? Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman, produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.